Welcome back to Common Fan Commentary. I'm your host, Adam. I'm joined by my friend here, Ronnie. What's up, guys? Back here for another week. I hope you guys have had a good one. And today we are talking about Champions League. It's good to see Continental Soccer back. And we're going to be previewing the semifinal rounds because the quarterfinals were played just last weekend. And we're going to talk about pretty much like the final four in European sports. So we are in the semifinal stage of Champions League soccer, where it is not played in the conventional sense, where you would play in a home and away tie. It is just best of one. You get one game to do what you can. They're at a neutral site in Lisbon. The last four teams left are Paris Saint-Germain, or PSG, against RB Leipzig. Then we have FC Bayern versus Lyon. So we have Germany versus France in both ties. Ronnie, who are your picks? My semifinal picks, PSG over Leipzig. I don't think Leipzig will be able to uphold their defense throughout a very consistent attack that PSG holds. Very strong attack team. In the next semifinal, we have Bayern Munich versus Lyon. After the horrible defeat of Barcelona, I really hate picking against Bayern because they just seem so freaking good and a well-oiled machine at this point. But I have to hop on the Cinderella story, wagon, whatever you want to call it. After seeing Leon play today against Man City, I just have to go with Leon and just cross my fingers, pray to the French lords. Hopefully they can somehow do it again. So you're going for an all-France final then? All-French final. I think seeing it's always either been a Spanish team versus a German team or an all-German final or an all-Spanish final. Last year, we had an all-English final, so it'd be kind of nice to maybe not have something that's consistent. Since you're going all-French final, I'm going to go with all-German final. After Bayern dismantled Barcelona 8-2 to in their quarterfinal tie, I think that they are just a machine right now that can't be stopped. I got them rolling on into the final. I think I'd, I'd have them winning it all. There is personal bias with that, but I do think they are the strongest team right now in all levels. And then Leipzig... I was skeptical because they are without Timo Werner, who's already moved on to Chelsea. He skipped out on Leipzig's Champions League ties because you don't want to get hurt with your former team when you're already going to transfer to your next team. So I thought losing him would just cancel Leipzig's chances, and they were able to pull out a couple against a strong Atletico team. PSG, we saw the magic with Mbappe healthy. As long as he's on the field, I feel like they have a chance. We kind of saw how Neymar could hold it all together by himself, and that's kind of why they struggled in the first half against Atalanta. And then I felt like they got lucky with the chances they had. I felt like Atalanta was playing very turtle shell defense. We're just going to try to frustrate you, and hopefully the clock runs out while we're up 1-0. You can't do that against PSG. They're, They're too good at attacking. So I think they got a little lucky because Atalanta was playing so defensive all the time. So they got a lot of chances late in the match when everyone's tired. So I think PSG, they get upset. Since this whole tournament's been filled with upsets, I'm going to say Leipzig upsets this time. And Lyon, they looked good against Man City, for sure. But I think it was a really a broken Man City. Not really the Man City we know winning the Premier League, especially with Aguero hurt. Their defense is in a wreck right now. I think Lyon's Cinderella story kind of ends because Bayern is just too good right now. You can't thump Barca and not keep it rolling. I, I don't see them losing that momentum at all. All-German final, Bayern over Leipzig. Who do you see winning it all? If it comes down to an all-French final, I do see PSG winning. I think they're a consistent team. They're strong, very attack-minded. 
I do believe Neymar just wasn't on top of his game. He was creating chances. He had good opportunities in front of goal, just couldn't finish. Might have not just been his day. Once Mbappe came in, they were playing down the wing a lot more, creating even more chances. So I just I see if PSG makes it to the final against a team like Leon, I could see them winning it. Now, of course, you have Bayern Munich, the German Giants, who first Leon has to face. Like I said, I want the Cinderella story. I think it'd be great. It'd be amazing. It'd be a good for the podcast. <laughs> it'd be something to talk about. They're just such a well-old machine. They're German Giants. I don't know if it will happen. Now, if it's an all-French final, for sure, I would have to put my money on PSG. I think the most likely final, though, would be PSG versus Bayern. They have the most experience in terms of the Champions League. If you had to put money down, that's where you'd put it. The way everything's gone with Leipzig upsetting Atletico Madrid, with Lyon upsetting Man City, uh, with Atalanta almost upsetting PSG, I feel like we can't count anything out at this point. And especially since it's only a one-game tie, anything can happen. With French teams coming in, they didn't restart the season as early as you know the English Premier League or La Liga or La Bundesliga. It's super interesting to me to see two French teams perform as well as they are since they haven't been getting a lot of playing time, whether it be domestically or during the Champions League. Maybe they're fresh, you know, maybe they got that energy still going. Maybe that energy can kind of propel them to have these upsets, which they have been doing. Who knows to say they might do it again? Yeah, I can't wait. This is going to be a fun week. Oh, hitting it off with the transfer news. Someone we've mentioned before and continues with the drama. Of course, Man United linked Jaden Sancho. At this point now, we can call it a saga because of how long it's been going on. So many different reports all contradicting each other of whether the English winger will return to England to play at Old Trafford or will he stay with Dortmund for another year and take a nice pay raise. They've already agreed personal terms. All that needs to be done now is the clubs need to agree a fee. And Man United keeps going back and forth of, yeah, we can pay it. Mm, I don't know. Do you think this will go through in this transfer window, Ronnie? With how invested Man United has become with just Jadon Sancho, do you like want this to happen, this transfer window? Do you look at how they finished the year with Bruno Fernandez, Martial finding his rhythm a little bit, Rashford still being consistent on the side? With how consistent they've been of wanting to bring him and agreeing to terms, just trying to find a fee. I don't know if they value him as much as perhaps when they first started pursuing him, just because they ended the season a lot better than most expected. Don't forget, they're still in the Europa League. They have that semifinal game against Sevilla coming up soon. Bruno Fernandes is going to play again. We're going to see these attacking players and this team as a whole play and potentially win a cup. So do we think that they might be a little bit holding back and maybe thinking, hmm, we might not need Sancho now. We might be okay with what we got because we're now making it work. We figured out, hey, midfield needed some help. Let's bring in Bruno. And he's been producing really well, and he's helped the team produce around him as well. They desperately need Sancho um, just in a terms of depth because Martial, he's done well at the end of the season, but he's really inconsistent when it comes to staying on the field as a health concern, depth never hurts, right? So if you can play Greenwood first choice every single time, but that's kind of a lot of pressure to put on someone so young. So I think that getting Sancho and just building that front three and rotating Greenwood in there, Jaden Sancho is very necessary to where Ole Gunnar wants the team to be. It'd be good as a chemistry thing. It's good as 
a future thing, as good as a win now concept. So I think this Sancho saga is very imperative to their chances next season. So I think it will happen. It's just Man United, whenever they try to do a transfer, the press is always all over them. So I think they always they do a lot of smoke screening and trying to give false reports. Plus, the Dortmund CEO said he's definitely staying. But that's what he said about Aubameyang before he was transferred to Arsenal, before Ousmane Dembele went to Barcelona. So that's what he always says, because Dortmund, that's how they operate, is they they don't care what the press says as long as they make their moves. Even with Dortmund CEO saying, oh, he's definitely staying, I, I think Man United is going to try to snatch him up sometime this transfer window. With confirmed Leroy Sané replacement Fernand Torres and a central defender in Nathan Ake from Bournemouth, or as Rob would like to say, Bournemouth, joins Man City with the possibility of Lataro Martinez and Kalidou Koulibaly. Do they topple Liverpool next season in the Premier League? Fernand Torres, decent transfer, is having a good good year so far. Do I think he's the one that is going to change it all? Not really. Now, the Nathan Ake transfer definitely boost their backline, which was much needed. As evidenced by today, injuries, just not having a consistent two center backs that are game in, game out, whatever. So I think the Ake transfer is actually pretty huge for Man City. Fernand Torres, it might just be depth that they're picking up there for the attack. Maybe give him an opportunity, see if he produces really well. If not, not that big of a deal. Maybe throw him in some FA Cup games. I do think that Nathan Ake is, is a big move for... If they get Martinez, that's scary because you have a lot of power for when it comes to attacking, which they already do have a lot of power. Koulibaly, after seeing his performance in the Champions League, not that good in my opinion. Might be a little overrated. Still solid. If he can be picked up, could be a solid backline addition. I will just have to wait and see if all these transfers go through. I still think they're a number one or number two team. Don't know if that propels them right over Liverpool for sure. They're keeping up with them. That's what I'm going to go with. They're going to keep up. You think they're going to close that 20-point gap then? I definitely do think they're going to be able to close that 20-point gap, and Liverpool might not run away with another Premier League as easily. Kind of agree with you. The Nathan Ake one was definitely vital for them. They've been struggling for that second center back play next to Emmerich Laporte, and their defense just crumbles behind whoever plays there. Eric Garcia is a young up-and-comer who they've been playing, 19 years old, so that's kind of a lot to put on a 19-year-old who's not really proven yet, hasn't really had game time to really show that he's worthy of first-choice soccer. So I think Koulibaly would definitely help them out in that sense, too have a good depth rotation between the three of Laporte, Ake, and Koulibaly. So I think that would really shore up their defense. I know they're still in the market for a left back because Mendy's not not really reliable. Zinchenko's hit or miss. And Cancelo, he's not a left back. He's a right back. It's kind of awkward having a right-footed left back. They still need work in the defense. And I think if they get Martinez along with how devastating their attack is, I think they definitely would mount a challenge against Liverpool. If they get Lataro and Koulibaly on top of Ake and Torres, I think they definitely will at least tie for first. Like, I think they'll be Liverpool level. If all these transfers go through, and then Liverpool purchases Bayern midfielder Thiago, who's been rumored to want to play for Jurgen Klopp, do you think that Liverpool maintains that 20-point cap? That's a pretty solid pickup for Liverpool. With how solid Liverpool is, I just don't know if Thiago's going to be something that 
you know, propels them even further away from Man City in second place. I just think they're already a solid squad. Well, that's really it. When you're at the top, it's really hard to improve. Having someone as good as passing as Thiago is, and as well as Liverpool maintains possession and presses forward, this doesn't really change my answer. He would be a great addition to Liverpool, and I'd be sad to see him leave Bayern so soon. Improves them marginally, and the things that Man City can do to their squad would improve them a ton. It's hard to improve so much when your team's already so solid. Crazy rumor this week. With Cristiano Ronaldo getting knocked out of the round of 16 against Olympique Lyon, he seems to be unhappy with Juventus's Champions League success, or lack thereof. So rumor has it, he wants to play at PSG alongside Neymar and Kylian Mbappe. Would this be the best attack in the world? 100% yes. <laughs> there is no questions between if you can put Neymar, Mbappe, Ronaldo up top, together no one's going to compete with that attack not even close i feel bad for any team in the french league if this were to happen any team in the champions league that has to face them because that's just a really nasty attack so best attack in the world has my vote so would this be a smart move for ronaldo you think smart move in terms of gives him an opportunity to play for another big club yes Gets paid, yes. Opportunities to win trophies, yes. Maintains him in headlines, yes. Career-wise, I think for Ronaldo, it's it's best. He's going, you know, he went Man U, Real Madrid, Juventus, PSG. He might just be the next Zlatan Ibrahimovic and play for all the teams in Europe at this point before he retires and still gets a fat paycheck. I do think it'd be a good move for Ronaldo. Why not? He's still, he his work ethic keeps him in tip-top shape. He's still producing. He single-handedly almost brought Juve back in the Champions League game. It might be a smart move for Ronaldo, and it'd be a huge pickup for PSG. It's going to be a huge pickup regardless for any team. I also think it's a good move for Juventus. They need a shakeup on the cusp of being a great top-tier Champions League winner, but they're not there. And I think Ronaldo, as good as he is, can hinder the development of younger players. You want to play Ronaldo 100% of the time, play him every minute, and then you want to play through him. So if you're teaching all of your younger guys to play through one other player, it's kind of hard for you to shine. That's kind of what happened with Paulo Dybala. He was going to be top-tier striker, attacking mid, and then Ronaldo came and his goals started going down. He started getting less chances because all of the chances would go to Ronaldo. So I think this is a good move for Juventus especially with a new coach, they got to change something. So I think this is an insane headline, but I think it's awesome in terms of if you're thinking about this like it's an ultimate team, this is probably the best front three you could have ever. Do I want it to happen? No. This would still be definitely the best attack in the world. Speaking of the Juventus shakeup, there is a potential Real Madrid-Juventus swap deal that could happen with Paulo Dybala in exchange for Tony Kroos or Isco. Those players are kind of aging out, and Real Madrid isn't interested in just straight up buying players. They're not there financially. They would have to do a lot of selling to do that, so they are looking to swap their older players for the players that they're interested in. Who wins this deal if it's Dybala for Kroos or Dybala for Isco? Definitely Real Madrid would win the deal. I think Juventus would not win that one. They would have to be very silly to let go Dybala for Cruz or Isco. I can maybe see a Cruz deal if like monetary compensation was also included. 
I really hope that doesn't happen because I would just feel really bad for Juventus and I would be very confused upon their management of Diabala. So winners, if this happened, Real Madrid, big losers, Juventus, especially if Ronaldo leaves and Diabala leave. What next? <laughs> right. You mentioned what next. They are rumored with Lacazette from Arsenal. They see him as a, a solid replacement for Higuain, who's way too old to be producing the kind of numbers you want to be seeing from a top flight striker. I don't know why they'd be shopping Dybala. I think this is more Real being interested in Dybala. If Dybala leaves, Ronaldo leaves, and Higuain leaves, you literally have no one to play up front. Maybe Isco as like a false nine, maybe? That just doesn't work. I think this would be a great move for Dybala. He gets to play where Bale opened a hole for Real Madrid. Now on to our favorite topic. FC Dumpster Fire, dubbed by Ronnie. Confirmed Willian on a three-year contract for a 31-year-old and a potential Felipe Coutinho loan to Arsenal. Are these beneficial moves? Oh, gosh. Where do I start? I do like the Willian move, believe it or not. <laughs> okay, but do you really like it for $15 million a year? Definitely no. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I scratch my head because you and I talked about Willian possibly before this happened, possibly this happening, right? And we both agreed it would be a good move for Arsenal mm-hmm. as long as they don't somehow manage to screw it up. When I first saw it, I was like, cool, they picked up Willian. I still think he's good. He can give them a pretty good winger right there. He's consistent. I saw the contract and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, this is this is a sizable contract for an older player who, yeah, he has the experience. He might have the veteran presence to be on the field, on the pitch. And we're just throwing a lot of money out there. And that's why I was like, mm, SC Dumpster Fire, back at it again with just another contract deal that I was like, why? <laughs> we started off well, and somehow they found a way to mess it up. So I just don't think he's worth that much money. I'm surprised they gave him that much. Homeboy secured the bag, though. I'll give him that. Oh, yeah. But what do you think about the Coutinho loan? They managed to get Coutinho on loan from Barcelona next season. That would be helpful in terms of it would bolster their attack a little bit more. I think Coutinho is a little bit more proven when it comes to how well he is on the ball and off the ball compared to maybe some of the players they have right now on the attack. Just because either they're really young or they're really old or they're just too inconsistent when it comes to Arsenal. It might be a decent bolster if they're able to pick him up. I'm not against it. Having Coutinho go back to the Premier League after you know leaving Liverpool a few years ago for Barcelona would be interesting, would be cool. Do I think Barcelona's going to let that happen? I don't know. After him scoring two and getting an assist <laughs> against his owner club in the Champions League quarterfinals, they might just be like, no, you're playing for us now. Because that's just something that Barcelona would probably do. So I don't know. I think it'd be good for Arsenal. Do I see it happening? No. So the Willian deal is absurd, right? What are you doing paying a 31-year-old that much money, especially a 31-year-old winger? As a winger, you typically deteriorate in skills and athleticism when you're late 20s. So you're already getting this guy on the wrong side of 30, and you're going to pay him 15 mil which is what you pay typically a, one of your players who starts every day. It, it was nice that they snatched him up on a free deal, which is great. You don't deplete your transfer budget, but you deplete your wage budget, which is your wage budget's there to pay the players that play well for you, right? And if you have a breakthrough prospect and he's had a heck of a season, you want to give him a pay raise because you want to say, hey, you earned this. We want to keep you on our squad. We don't want you to go anywhere. 
now they just took away 15 million to do that. Coutinho, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. Loved what he's given to Bayern in his time there. Play out left, plays right behind the striker, can really facilitate. I just don't see where Arsenal's going. It feels like they're acting like they're a top three club in the Premier League. I think the Coutinho low kind of just takes starts away from their younger guys who could definitely benefit from more game time. If they do get Coutinho, I think that would be the better move than getting Willian. What they need to do is move Aubameyang back up front to where he plays the best, which is scoring goals. One of the fastest dudes in the Premier League, let him. And I feel like he gets kind of constricted when he plays out left whenever they have to play Lacazette or Nketiah. If they do get Coutinho, that would be good for Aubameyang and good for their goals. But I don't think these are beneficial moves for your future. Arsenal, you have some prospects. I don't know. Play them. Don't give David Luiz an extension. Don't go sign a 31-year-old to a $45 million deal. I don't get it. They'd seem to be targeting people that would be helpful to them, like Danny Ceballos, who played for them on loan. But he's going back to Real Madrid, and they're also trying to get a center back from Lille. Focus all your energy there instead of trying to wrap your wage budget around two former Premier League stars. We could rant about Arsenal. That could just be a whole episode. That would be quite the episode for you guys. Gareth Bale, unhappy at Real Madrid after being left out of the Champions League squad. He was golfing in Madrid during their round of 16 game where they lost. Allegedly, he will stay at Real Madrid and not accept any transfer in a $78 million standoff. A few years left in his contract still. And he's saying, I'm not going anywhere. As a... A little payback to letting him leave last summer to go to China. There was kind of a breakdown in talks, and Real Madrid said, never mind, we don't want to let you leave. And Gareth was happy to go, and then he's out of favor with the coach again. They should have let him go when he wanted to leave, you know? If you're not happy with the player and the player's not happy with the team, why are you holding on to him? It's a lose-lose for everybody. Now, he's basically giving Real Madrid the bird by saying, nope, now you're going to have to deal with me, pay the rest of my contract, and I'm going to keep golfing and messing around on the bench. And that's cool with me. Because at the end of the day, someone's still going to pay him a lot of money when they do let him go. And he's still going to play soccer. Going to get the money. It might suck that he's not playing and he's missing out on some of some good years of soccer that he's got in his body. But I'm jealous. I wish I could do that. <laughs> you know, And I'm all for it. Like, if they didn't let you go when you, they should have let you go, why why be friendly and nice with the team that maybe screwed you over? I'm all on Garrett's sales side here. Like, I'm Team Garrett here, all right? If you have a player who's taking that much salary and you're playing him every other La Liga match, not, not even bringing him to the selection squad for Champions League, why, why even waste time on him? When they said, never mind, they're going to China. If I'm Gareth, yeah, I'm taking the rest of my money that you owe me. Just keep golfing and cashing that paycheck. State of Barcelona, part two. They did well to get to the quarterfinal. Then they ran into white-hot Bayern, thumped them, 8-2. to two. Their transfer activity so far, this window, is swapping a 23-year-old midfielder and selling him to Juventus for Miralem Pjanic, who's going to go the other way and go to Barcelona. They are basically the same player, but six years apart. Pjanic is almost 30 now. This is just more disarray coming from Barcelona. They are still stuck in the realm of, we have to win now, but now it's panic mode. Especially since they face Bayern. We lost 8-2 to on the world's biggest stage. Messi didn't score. 
They fire their coach two hours after the game. Ronnie, as a fan of Barcelona, where do you see your club? I wish we didn't have to talk about it. That's my honest answer, but I know we need to touch up on it. Barcelona's in a tough spot, right? They just sacked their coach after a horrible loss. Can't even hate on Bayern. They just straight up destroyed them to demolish them. And you kind of start seeing when a team like Bayern's quality starts playing against a team like Barcelona, you start seeing holes here and there on the field, right? Like, backline team lost. They wanted to play the dominant possession type game that Barcelona plays, but Bayern was not letting them. They're uber aggressive. It just seemed like Barcelona never got a footing into that game at all, really, especially with the score. Yeah, they scored two, but one of them was a known goal. So did they really score two or just one? Now, when it comes to the management aspect and players, they've gone to the point where it's Barcelona, right? You can go out to the transfer window and say, hey, player from Brazil who plays for Corinthians, we want to sign you because we see promise and potential and we're getting you for a good deal. Of course, any player in Brazil, they see Barcelona just like anybody would, right? They're like, wow, Barcelona wants me. Heck yeah, I'm going to go. And then they get there, and immediately they just loan them off to Everton, to some Premier League team. It's like, okay, well, we own you, but we don't really care about you. We'll just see if you do really well, and then we'll bring you back, and you might get one. I think they've gone to the point where their name kind of follows them around, and they want to buy players to put on the field the next day, win. And that's caused this atmosphere where, don't get me wrong, it's caused a lot of winning in recent years and many years where they've just been a dominant club. But then you get years where the formula just kind of runs out, runs old, runs stale. And then they have to have this whole, all right, let's clean it out. Let's keep Messi and let's build around him again. So I, I don't know. It's tough. I honestly don't know what the the fix would be just because they are Barcelona. I'm assuming they're just going to want to go out and buy more players. Pjanic might be a bigger name than Arthur Mello, right? Like, I don't know. It's tough. I hate seeing Barcelona in a disarray as they are right now. You know, they play in La Liga and they play really well. They play in the Champions League and they play well until they face a team like Bayern where they just kind of get picked apart. So I don't know. It's tough. I'm still in kind of just lost and I'm still sad. Just so you guys know, during the Bayern Munich Barcelona game, I think I texted Adam the word pain and more pain <laughs> more than anything else. Illustration of how I feel right now towards my favorite team. It's just pain, man. I mentioned, I think the word for word is what I said in the La Liga episode was they're going to get a swift kick in the butt. And I thought this was going to be a couple years down the road. I thought it was going to be way down the road. I didn't think it was going to be they're going to get smacked right now. I, I just wasn't expecting it to be that quick there's a lot of pressure on this next head coach to fix everything that's going on. Kind of what Real Madrid's doing right now is once Ronaldo left them, they had to really figure themselves out, right? And they're finally in his point where they're forced to say, well, we're not going to buy a bunch of players. We have a bunch of players on loan right now. So we're just going to bring them back if they've had really good seasons. And then we're going to integrate them with our first team squad. Real Madrid is where... Barca is going to be. Let's reevaluate what we have right now before we start buying a bunch more players. Because the talent is there. I just think that they're just on an aging squad. They need to invest in some youth. Ansu Fati is a great prospect. He's 17 years old. And I think their next coach is going to have a heck of a task ahead of him because that's a high expectations from day one. Pain. 
Hashtag pain, everybody. Fs <laughs> in the chat, please. Now it's time for the hot take portion with Andrea Pirlo being appointed manager after the firing of Maurizio Sarri. He will be a success as manager, even though he only has two weeks of coaching experience, and that was for the U23 team. Rate that take. It's an eight on the hot take scale, not because I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be true. I like it. I like Pirlo, world-class player, midfielder. I think what should have happened is what Chelsea did with Frank Lampard. Give him a club that you guys own or are in a partnership with, like Frank Lampard did with Derby County in the championship. He took them to the finals, almost got them promoted to the Premier League. And then Chelsea was like, hey, actually, now we want you back. He's kind of helped Chelsea find a rhythm again. I think that's the route Pirlo should have done and Juventus probably should have done with Pirlo. But I do like this hot take. I'm a big fan of Pirlo. The way that man played football, just gorgeous. Chef's kiss. On a logical standpoint, I don't know, man. (laughs) Experience speaks for itself. And this man has two whole weeks. That's not a lot. I think they tried to follow suit with what Arsenal and, and Chelsea did with Arteta and Lampard. I think they were intending to do what they did at Chelsea, which was let him manage the U23 team until he's ready to take over. Well, why wait? We want you to be the future manager, so why not be the present manager? Can't hurt, right? He has the opportunity to be successful, right? They have a lot of talent on their team, a really solid back line, which is rare with a top flight team. Usually that's their biggest weakness to go pretty far in the Champions League with Perlo. Don't think it'll happen as soon as Juventus fans hope Liverpool will fail to make the quarterfinals again next year. Not that hot of a take. I would give it a 6 out of 10. The year they had in 2019 to 2020, when the uh, the Premier League were the defending Champions League winners, they lost, they got eliminated. That happens. It, it happens to every team. Teams win, they have amazing seasons, and then the following one, they might not do so hot. I don't think it's that hot of a take. I still think they're going to be a powerhouse in the Premier League. They still will be a force to be reckoned with in the Champions League. You have so many teams that can come out of nowhere or who are well-old machines like Bayern. I think they just kind of got screwed this year, running in Atletico Madrid. And I think they just had a couple off matches. I think that next year, they're definitely going to make it to the quarterfinals. I could see them getting upset again. I, I would believe it a lot more this year because of the hangover. That, that kind of effect of you won the title for the first time in a while. And next season, you kind of lay an egg. So I think this year was kind of the hangover year in terms of Champions League. And so that's why they did so well in the Premier League is because they were, they were able to focus pretty much all of their starts in the Premier League um, since they were knocked out so early. A lot more clinical Liverpool to be expected. With the new summer window opening up, that means new jerseys get dropped. All right, Ronnie, it's time for drip or drown. My drip have to go with Borussia Dortmund. The Tiger Bumblebee look mixture is fire. That is my go-to drip team. Drown have to do Real Madrid's pink kits. They're just giant highlighters on the on the field. Think of a pink highlighter. That is the exact color their entire kits are. Top, bottoms, socks. And sometimes it's the players. I saw some of their players match pink cleats. Ugh. It's all just solid colors, too. There's nothing else going on with it. It's just like a exactly. V-neck so, pink. Borussia Dortmund, drip. Real Madrid, pink kits. I think it's their third or maybe their away kit. Drown. Please, (laughs) just in the bin. Throw them in the trash. Don't wear them, please. Drip, I got to give it to AS Roma. 
they have a pretty cool color scheme and they just went full modern on their jersey and it i think it's sick for me drown is inter milan away kits they straight up look like boxer briefs they are white with checkered lines and it literally looks like they're wearing underwear on their chest but i think they did really well with their home kits god the away kits it's like what also i think ugly jerseys chelsea they switched sponsors from Yokohama, so I might just be used to that. And so the new three deal that they have going on, it looks like it has like sprinkles in the jersey. And I, yeah, I also don't like the uh, that weird bubble cursive three they have, just because one, it's a number, so it confuses the fact that the number on the back, the number on the front, just weird. Also the the design, it's like a bubble three. Yeah, not not that big of a fan of the Chelsea jersey either. I think Real Madrid overall, both their kits kind of garbage. Even their home kits, they're they're just solid white like V-necks, and that's the whole special thing about them. Home Barca jerseys just look very bad. Their home ones, they look like wherever the creases were folded is where they put the bright yellow lines. <laughs> also, kind of if you really think about it, they kind of look like it's kind of might be a reach. It looks like it could be an Iron Man suit, <laughs> like the <laughs> Wait, colors. What? Like, just think of the colors. It's like they're very metallic-y and bright, and it would just look really good on an Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what throws me off. It's got the hot rod colors, the Iron Man hot rod colors. I don't know. That It might be a little bit of a reach. Maybe just in my head, that's how I picture it. Now, there are away jerseys, the all black and gold. I actually do want to purchase one for myself. I think those black and golds are super simple, professional, classic. You know, can't go wrong with black and gold. And, you know, maybe since it's black, it can hide the fact that it's also a Barca jersey, so I can kind of hide in my own pain. That's next year. Next season, new season, baby. New Champions League. There you go. Now it's time for our favorite headline. During the Premier League season, there are a lot of betting lines, right? But there's one betting line that I found really ridiculous, which was Jesse Lingard fires blanks, which means you're making a bet that midfielder slash winger for Man U does not score a single goal or assist in the Premier League season. So he played in 20 out of the 38 games that Manchester United play. He went the first 37 match days without a single goal or assist. And these odds are 34 to 1. So you bet $10, you make $340. He went 37 games without scoring a single goal or assist. The last match of the season against Leicester, in the 98th minute, so the last minute of the game, he scores a tap-in. Someone, somewhere, <laughs> waited all season for Jesse Lingard to score in the last second of the entire season to lose his 34-1 to betting odds. <laughs> if I was that correct about a 34-1 to bet to be right 99.99% of the season, then I'd, I'm, I'm done. Gambling's not my thing. Dude, at that point, you're so close to hitting the jackpot. I just imagine the one guy, right, in a bar somewhere out there who's like, oh my goodness, it's going to happen. And he's in a Manchester United bar, right? Because that's where they're showing the game. Jesse Lingard scores. Everybody's cheering. Homeboy's just sitting there, just arms crossed, <laughs> just throwing a tantrum. We're upset, and everyone's like, what is wrong with that? Yeah, <laughs> like, why is he mad? Right. He was seconds at that point away from Hundreds getting of that bet. Exactly. And, and honestly, a betting line that was probably made out of a joke. 
at that point, he was probably walking to cash his, uh, his bet in already. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was stoppage time. Uh, I got one for you, Adam. All right. Did you hear that La Liga team, Tijuana, in the uh-huh. Mexican Liga, La Liga, so their top flight, Division One, they were spotted driving around a Millennium Falcon golf cart where their medical team would go out to the field for injured players. So they were picking up injured players in a Millennium Falcon golf cart. Okay, looking at the the video, (laughs) why a Millennium Falcon? So I did some research on the Millennium Falcon. Turns out that the owners and the management of the Tijuana Football Club are obsessed with Star Wars. So they actually did this because they wanted to pay tribute to the franchise of Star Wars. Literally, the management of Tijuana, their owners were like, dude, we love Star Wars. We're obsessed with Star Wars. Let's make our golf cart the Millennium Falcon. That's it. I mean, I guess when you own a club, you can just do whatever you want like that. But why? (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, I just imagine just calling the... uh, the medical team and just being like, we'll be there in a parsec. That's oh. a terrible joke. I'm oh, sorry. Lord. That's so going yeah. on. Um, and on that note, I'll catch you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we got this week, guys. Thank you for stopping by. Be sure to check us out on Podomatic, Spotify, Google Play. Be sure to follow us on Instagram as well. That's where we post our news updates and when we're dropping new episodes. And let us know what you think. Feel free to DM us or leave a comment. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Peace out, guys.